Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s. And Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey. We created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi guys, welcome back to Courageous Wellness. We have a wonderful episode today with Dr. Gluzman all about the gut, which you know we are very obsessed with. So we're really excited for this conversation, but first things first, we're going to do our weekly updates about what we are doing, enjoying in wellness. So yeah, Allie, what are you enjoying? Yes. I've been listening to, um, a podcast episode. It's quite long, so I've done it in sections. Um, but it's one of my favorite podcasts, which I, which I reference a lot, which is the doctor's pharmacy with Dr. Mark Hyman. But the guests are these authors of a new book called inflamed. And I just bought it. And I'm so excited to read it because basically the, um, the gist of it, the topic, what they get into. And, and this conversation is really interesting. So I actually recommend the podcast episode as well, if you want to get a sense of it, but it's basically how any sort of system of injustice or, um, disconnection through the colonial capitalist model (laughs) that we've all, um, grown up in and have had hundreds and hundreds of years, sort of like, especially in the Western world, um, has how it actually has direct impacts on our health and on, um, so many of the conditions that we are struggling with like chronic illness specifically as a culture. And it's, it's just really fascinating. And, and I actually haven't even read the book yet. I just got the book delivered, but in the episode, they, um, discuss how anything from glyphosate, for example, you know, a toxic pesticide to, a river getting a dam in it and, and creating a different flow to systemic racism, right? All of these types of things have actually um, caused literal effects on our bodies wow. over time. And especially marginalized communities, um, definitely indigenous communities, for, for example, they've probably suffered the most 
from this all, um, over generations and generations and generations. But it's like that we have to look at these systems, this, we have to look at this sort of colonial capitalist framework to really understand what's going on with our bodies and going on with our healthcare and our health or our illness really. And, um, yeah, I'm just so excited to get into it. And, and what is, what is the book called? You probably, did you mention that? Yeah, it's called inflamed inflamed. Yes. And, um, the authors of the book are Raj Patel and Rupa Maria. She's a doctor. He's a professor. I believe he's, um, he's at a university in Texas. I'm trying to remember where he is right now. Um, but yeah, so it's inflamed. And then the subtitle is deep medicine and the anatomy of injustice. So it really connects the idea of the body, the anatomy with these systems of injustice that have been perpetuated and built because of the colonial capitalist framework over the last hundred, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So I'm just so excited to learn more about it. And, um, I feel like it's this concept of like, a functional approach, but on a macro level, you know, we talk about functional medicine, a lot about the idea of getting to the root cause of illness from, from an individual standpoint, but I think, and what I'm going to learn more of my understanding thus far is that they look at it with a larger landscape of well, we can't just say, what is the root cause of your illness? We have to look at it on the whole, we have to look at these systems that have disconnected us from the planet Mm -hmm. and from our own bodies. And, um, and you know, like this idea of inflammation, you know, some, it it gets such a bad rap because we're chronically inflamed, which is not a good thing, but inflammation in and of itself is a good thing when it happens in as an immune system, um, response, because it's how our body fights, pathogens, right? Like say you get a strain of virus, your immune system kicks in and inflames to try to create, um, homeostasis again in the body balance again, bring it back to us because the body knows what to do. Then body knows how to um, exist on its own. So the immune system has that function and that's when inflammation happens, which is a good thing to help bring it back to homeostasis when there's some sort of external pathogen that isn't healthy, but it's like, we can't get out of the cycle of staying in chronic inflammation because even though our bodies are constantly trying to, because our environment doesn't support it, our systems don't support it. There's so much injustice that doesn't support it. Um, so I'm really excited to look at that. And actually it was funny. I just realized I said something about like the immune system fighting and they even go as deep as talking about our language in a, like a colonial, um, way of saying like fight, you know, go to war, battle, battle the pathogens or whatever it is, you know, like even that, that kind of, that language is so a part of our framework, even the way that we talk about our bodies. And, um, it's so hard to recognize because it's so deeply ingrained in all of us, but I'm just really, it's really, I'm like super, super nerding out about it, but I'm really excited to get into it. I feel really passionate about this stuff and I, I need to learn more and I want to learn more. So yeah, that's that's, what's new. 
It's really interesting. And we'll link it. We'll link that episode in our show notes for hmm. anybody who is interested. Um, yeah, it's so funny, Allie, because you're you're reading that and listening to that. And I have been deep in um, historical fiction. <laughs> I love it. That's what I'm reading. Um, I don't know how. I think I just wanted a change. And I must have heard of this on a podcast or on I don't, I don't know how I discovered this book, but it was, it was interesting. It's called, I just finished it this week. It's called American Heiress by Daisy Goodwin, I think. And it's, um, it's historical fiction. So a lot of what I'm now reading is like Gilded Age, late 1800s, but it was really interesting because it's fiction. It's about this American heiress who is from New York and Newport, Rhode Island, and she goes and Mary's I don't even know how to describe it but like very early you know it's her her mother really wants her to marry British aristocracy because that's not you can't buy it like all these rich American families like the Vanderbilts and they couldn't buy titles and so uh, it was interesting and I I enjoyed it I enjoyed it I enjoyed it I don't know if I would I didn't love did you <laughs> did you enjoy it <laughs> no I did I I'm like a history nerd and so I I did enjoy it I don't know if I would have chosen the ending and I do feel like parts of it dragged a little bit it was kind of like reading an episode of Downton Abbey basically mm. like that's how so if you're familiar with Downton Abbey that's kind of what it was like but after I finished reading it I went down this rabbit hole of everything the author researched to write the fiction. And apparently like, you know, princess Diana's great grandmother was an American heiress and Winston Churchill's mother was an American heiress. And, um, even the, I think it is the Vanderbilts like were, uh, you know, heiresses like married Dukes. And it was, there's this history, I guess, in the late 1800s of these ridiculously wealthy families who did go to Europe with the hopes of getting their daughter's titles. Wow. Um, so it was, so now, so that's why my next book, I definitely want to choose another historical fiction book, but I also feel like I might just want to read a biography of this gilded age time. Anyway, it's really interesting. So hmm. I liked it. I, I did like it and it was a nice little escape this cool. week. Yeah. That's so I, I did enjoy that. And, um, now I'm looking for my next read. And I just, again, I'm deciding if I want to go like straight biography, like, um, or if I want to go historical fiction, which is based on all of these women of the time, but yeah, I would recommend it. If you do like Downton Abbey and if you are into history, American heiress was a, was a good book. And I think it was this author's first book. And so oh. it was a, it was a good read. I enjoyed it. And yeah, so lots of reading and different ways on, our end. Yes. Very different ways. Um, yeah. Hey, today, well, today in the day that your, that this episode is released is your birthday. It's, it's my birthday. Happy birthday. September 22nd. When this episode is released, I will officially be 33 years old. And, um, also it, my birthday is the first day of fall, which is even more exciting. Um, and the start of Libra season. So, um, Yes. Lots of, lots of fun, All fun things. Well, yeah. So now the pumpkins can really come out loud and proud. And, um, yeah, I just love fall. I love fall and I've been in pretend fall and I'll stay in pretend fall cause we're still in California and nothing really changes here. But, um, 
yeah, I will be louder and prouder about my pumpkin love on our Instagram page and in my real life. So, Speaking of pumpkin yeah. love, if anybody else just enjoys that part of the season, um, we had once upon a pumpkin as she's known on, uh, on Instagram, um, Maggie on the show and she's a registered dietitian, but she, we have a really fun episode with her and it's, you know, she always does wonderful things for this season and, um, has wonderful she, recipes too. She just made, which I'm going to recreate a pumpkin cacio e pepe, um, Whoa. which is basically just like pumpkin mac and cheese. And I will <laughs> definitely be making that. And we actually just posted, um, it'll be last week when this episode airs, but I made a delicious pumpkin spice coffee Yes, with, um, the Saqqara metabolism super powder. So it was like a pumpkin mocha. mocha. And I'm actually going to try to use the metabolism super powder because I love it. And it's so good for your gut, which is a great segue into this episode in a second. But, um, I think I'm going to try to use it in pumpkin cookies, pumpkin mm. chocolate chip cookies. And, um, I think I'm going to try to even perfect. Cause I just put a lot of like pumpkin pie spice. Um, and Laird has a pumpkin pie, creamer powder and it's good ingredients. There's no crap in it, but, um, it's hard. Like I want to get creative because I do love a pumpkin cream, cold brew at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm basic as they come. So, um, yeah, keep checking back to our Instagram, but that metabolism super powder is so good with pumpkin flavor. Um, mm. yeah, really cause it's chocolatey, it. yeah. which is nice. There's it's raw cacao in it. So, um, yeah. So if anybody is interested in, you know, we do have a, a code for Sakara. Um, yeah. so please feel free to use it to get 20% off your yes. first X purchase. X O courageous at checkout. Everything is in our show notes. So should we get yes. the episode our Finally. first day, our first day of fall, my birthday, gut health, all the things I love are today. And this is such a good episode. So yeah, let's get right into it. So today on the podcast, we have an episode all about my favorite topic, gut health with holistic pediatrician, Dr. Nellie Gluzman, who runs her own practice, Blossom Pediatrics based out of New York city. After working with the sickest children in hospitals throughout the city, Dr. Gluzman felt the need to help parents identify the root cause of their children's illness, which always came back to gut health. Today, she has helped thousands of families restore their gut health to reverse chronic symptoms and conditions. On this episode, Dr. Gluzman shares her expertise with us, and we dive into gut health for children and adults. We really enjoyed speaking with Dr. Gluzman, and regardless if you have kids or not, we think everyone will learn something and benefit from the conversation. So please enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Ned. Let's talk about CBD. The CBD market feels really saturated these days, doesn't it? It seems like you can get it at any coffee shop or grocery store, and many CBD brands actually source their hemp from industrial hemp farms in China. The brand that we love, and more importantly, the brand that we trust, is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world, and Erica and I only partner with brands that we ourselves use. Ned produces several quality full-spectrum hemp oil products extracted from organically grown hemp plants, all sourced from an independent farmer named Jonathan in Peonia, Colorado. How's that for knowing exactly where your CBD comes from? 
we have been longtime users of Ned. I rely on the full spectrum hemp oil to help with my anxiety and the hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. We also have had listeners reach out to us and share that using Ned has been super effective in their ability to get deeper sleep. Over 50 million Americans suffer from sleep disorders and many are prescribed sleeping pills or over-the-counter options. Ned's Sleep Blend combines CBN, a powerful cannabinoid that promotes sleep, with 750 milligrams of CBD made from the world's purest single-source full-spectrum hemp oil and organic and wild-crafted botanicals used in traditional medicine to foster rest. If you want to check out Ned and try their full-spectrum hemp oil or sleep blend for yourself, we have a special offer for the Courageous Wellness audience. Go to www.helloned.com forward slash CW podcast or enter CW podcast at checkout for 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash CW podcast to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring our program and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find this information in our show notes. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. Whether you are a Patreon member in our nutrition community or a regular listener of the podcast, you know that Allie and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using seed for months and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am now devoted to taking seed every morning before food and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic, is vegan and gluten-free, and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. In addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, Seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet, which is pretty important. Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community. If you would like to order Seed Daily Symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, go to seed.com and use Courageous15 at checkout for 15% off or click on the link in our show notes or the link tree on Instagram. So welcome to the show, Dr. Gluzman. We're so excited to have you here and to have this conversation with you today. So before we get into all the work that you do, can you talk to us a little bit about your personal journey to wellness and how you got here? Thank you so much for the opportunity to 
to, to talk to you and connect with your audience. And I've been such a huge fan of for so long. It's been a while since you've been on. And so, um, so, so part of my journey includes listening to incredible podcasts like yours and to be on them now is just such a, a huge treat and such an honor. Um, well, my journey is actually not mine. It's really my daughter's journey. And a, a lot of, I think a lot of uh, parents out there who have kids that are struggling, they um, might relate to my journey. And I, I hear it a lot from, oh, my, my puppy's growling. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Um, We've had many dogs on the podcast. <laughs> Um, my journey is really my daughter's journey and thank goodness she's, she's well now, but even as a well-trained pediatrician, I was a practicing hospitalist for many years. I was really great at working with the sickest hospitalized kids and I was able to, you know, get kids who need to be in the hospital back home to their parents. Well, but when my own kids started to get sick over and over again, like every little virus would turn into a bacterial infection. She couldn't fight anything off, nonstop on antibiotics. And she was about three years old one year. Um, yeah, she was about three. And I think I counted her to be like on seven courses of antibiotics that year. Mm-hmm. And then she started asking me like, mom, why do I keep missing school? Why, you know, because <laughs> she was always sick. And I was kind of in the same boat as her, but I chalked it up to just the industry that I was in, working with sick kids, I'm going to get sick. And her just being um, in, in that age where you go to school and your immune system is not um, yet completely developed. But then I realized that, that this is not okay. The kids should not really be on antibiotics that much. Every virus doesn't need to turn into a, a major bacterial infection. And I had to really look outside of my own practice and my own uh, conventional medical system to to look at what can I give my child to keep her healthy instead of just putting out the fires, which are life-saving medicines, but it wasn't enough for us. So I kind of found my way into like functional medicine, integrative medicine. And I think all of these things have one major thing in common is giving our children the building blocks they need to heal. So that that was why how I founded uh, my practice, Boston Pediatrics, after um, realizing that there was such a huge need for for families to have really great understanding and information about what their kids need to be healthy, truly healthy, and not have any of these chronic childhood illnesses that we see in so many kids today. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that and sharing about that experience with your daughter. I think. Um, it's interesting. And I love having, I love having medical professionals like you on the show who also have their own sort of personal journeys, because I think it's just so insightful. You know, we have a lot of respect for, I have a lot of respect. I mean, I've gone through so much medical stuff myself, um, for how effective Western medicine can be, especially in acute issues, um, and acute like accidents, traumas, that, this type of thing if you need surgeries. But when you brought up this idea of like the chronic illness and and especially how many, well, people in general, but especially children now are dealing with that in, at different, different amounts than ever before. Um, I think it's something that, as you said, like the conventional medical system doesn't, hasn't had to deal with. And it's changing because of 
physicians like you and going into a more integrative um, practice and sort of like a holistic approach to that and to immune health and to gut health. And we'll get into all of that. We definitely want to, you know, pick your brain on it. Um, but it's, it's exciting to hear even the evolution of your own medical practice based on um, your own journey and the struggles that you guys had to go through um, and, and your daughter. And it's, Erica and I were actually talking about this prior to your interview, but we are both babies of the eighties and um, yes, you as well. And, you know, certain things were just not known. I mean, I remember also being on so many antibiotics as a kid from this infection to that infection, this year infection, uh, allergies, asthma, the whole shebang. Um, and then as an adult learning about certain aspects that can, can lead to that. And, and then I looked back at like my mom's experience with my birth and with breastfeeding and with all different aspects. And I was like, oh, it kind of makes sense that I've suffered with that throughout my um, adult life. But the cool thing is that you are now helping children at these early phases of life and parents really for their children, empowering them to look at why kids are come, um, dealing with these chronic issues. So I would love to start there. Um, what What is it that you see and why do people mostly come to you as far as like what kids are dealing with and symptoms? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, when, when by the time when parents look for look to spend their resources, whether that be their biggest resource, time, financial resources, emotional resources, you know, revamping a lifestyle. Um, when they, when parents look, go outside of a conventional medicine platform, that usually means usually that there is a big problem and their child's needs are not met by conventional medicine anymore. And that can mean a lot of different things. But what I'm seeing most, more than anything, are kids who have been given very appropriate Band-Aid treatments for conditions like eczema and allergies and asthma, constipation. But, you know, all of these Band-Aid treatments, they work. They relieve symptoms really well. But parents are starting to catch on. And so do the kids that they don't want to be on this hamster wheel of needing these medications all the time. Like how many moms came to me and said, I really don't want to worry about having to carry an EpiPen everywhere I go 24 seven forever, or what new allergy is going to cause an anaphylactic reaction and end up and land us in the hospital or which cream or ster topical steroid is going to relieve the eczema flare. Of course, we want our children to be sleeping at night and not itching, but what else can be done? And uh, in the world of conventional medicine, there is really a bigger, much bigger, in fact, probably an absolute focus on two things. It's, it's making sure that you avoid the trigger, which is fine, and also relieving symptoms, which is great. We do need to relieve these symptoms. But what are we doing at the same time as relieving symptoms and avoiding triggers to make sure that these triggers don't get worse or that the flares don't come back? And so that's where I come in. Um, 
my practice where I focus on gut health. There are many different avenues to get to the same place. But what I've noticed to be, what I believe to be the most, most impactful based on the fact that there's such a huge epidemic of chronic childhood illness. And a lot of that stems from gut health. And I believe truly that restoring gut health is the foundation of all health. And no supplement, no magic bullet, no steroid, no vitamin, no anything can uh, help unless you have a really great strong foundation in gut health. So that the, the gut lining has great integrity and that there's a, a, a very diverse and healthy microbiome there. So that, that's basically um, what I've, I think I deviated, but no, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm I, noticing the most. And you know what? It's so easy to do it too. It's, <laughs> really, it's yeah. not Well, it's that's to be. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think, you know, we, are, we are both very obsessed with gut health. It's my favorite thing to nerd out about and talk about. And I talk about it all the time. My dad was actually uh, teasing me recently over the weekend. He's like, literally all you talk about <laughs> is the gut, because like you said, I think it really is the key to everything. And I'm sure the parents also gain so much, right? Like I know this is a focus on children, but adults and children alike can really benefit from a healthy gut. And like Ali was sharing, um, I think a lot of us adults who are like eighties and nineties babies have a lot of these chronic issues into adulthood because our guts were so messed up as children from the overuse of antibiotics, from the food we were eating. Um, so can you talk to us then about how you work with parents to heal their children's gut health. And I'm sure, especially with kids and, and I'm and with adults too, it can be so hard to change patterns, right? Especially kids who go to school and have friends. And I know this year was different, but, um, food is really, I think, emotional for both children and adults. So yeah. How do you, how do you help parents heal their kids' guts? So a few different ways. Um, you know, the cool news is that if it's safe for kids, it's 110% safe for adults. So, you know, it's a little harder for pediatric, not harder, but it's different in pediatrics because we can't use these all these amazing supplements and some of the botanicals and some herbs are not well studied depending on the age. And so we're left with the most magical cure of all, which is nutrition and using food as medicine. And so when whatever recommendation that I give for the child, I, usually the whole family does the protocols and the programs and they all end up feeling better every always. Um, whether that be for the initial condition that the child came in with, that's the big struggle. But overall, general, all the soft signs, all, all of the small things that are not necessarily diagnosed for children, but um, but but are the softer things that are troublesome and not necessarily have like a diagnosis in it and a medication. And so for adults that might look like, you know, constantly being tired or fatigued or addicted to sugar or moody or et cetera, et cetera. You, your parents listening, you know, you know what I mean? I'm sure you're not, we're not always feeling our best or maybe we're not pooping properly. But usually when a child comes in, they have like eczema and allergies. Then there's a ton of other soft signs that are going on for years and months and years and months that are causing problems, but not necessarily diagnosed. 
like, you know, maybe there's a bloating all the time or gassiness or poor sleep or developmental issues. And so I start families off by looking at, I, I have them do a pretty comprehensive soft sign questionnaire because when we're looking for improvement, we're not just looking at, you know, eczema here, eczema is gone, great. It doesn't ever work that way. Um, we, we look, for, of course, we wanna see the flares of whatever we're treating, the flares to be not as, not as bad when they do come and the periods of time between flares to be longer and longer. It's never overnight magic cure. So I have parents start with doing a really comprehensive self-sign questionnaire that I developed. We do it in the beginning and then we do it in like a month, maybe like six months. And usually that questionnaire is used. I, I pull it out when things get rocky at home, you know, like as a parent, I've been there too, by the way, like I cannot look like do all this. My kid wants all of these delicious things that are not good for them or everyone's stressed out about it. And I have, whatever it is, I have them pull it out and do the questionnaire and the, again, and compare it to the first. And you can see that there's such tremendous improvement. So we start there, we start with some kind of baseline assessment. And when I work with families in my practice in New York and New Jersey, like one-on-one, -on -one, um, we develop a program that's kind of very specific. Um, and that's usually a nutritional program where we remove the things that are not serving our child. So that's as an overall arching theme, the things that we need to detox from that might be contributing to inflammation in the body. So that's sometimes gluten and dairy. It's always removing sugars that are not honey. Um, and we remove the chemicals in the environment that we can control for. And this is actually like the hardest time because you are asked as a parent to look at all these different exposures and things that you've been buying maybe like that are not necessarily good for your child and your family, but you didn't know. And I have like one rule that we, that during that time, sometimes it's like a week long process. And that one rule is like, you cannot look backwards and feel guilty about all the things. Like this is absolutely a no-no. And actually two rules. The second rule is you don't have to throw anything away. So this is a long game <laughs> and it's all about education and making better choices next time you, you have to go buy a soap, a shampoo, a cleaning product, et cetera. And then, um, and then from there we start the healing process. So we spend some time replacing nutrients that are lost. I'm a huge fan of juicing and smoothies for so many reasons for kids. Well, one reason is that you can really get a huge nutrient and mineral bang for your buck with juicing. And I love smoothies because, well, kids love smoothies. <laughs> you could turn them into like ice pops. So whatever plant that I put kids on, they have to be able to, to enjoy it. And it has to be doable. And also you could hide a lot of things in smoothies, like greens. And, um, and then we move along to healing the gut lining. We use a lot of healthy fats, stocks and broths. So this is a very much a nutritional approach. In adult medicine, it's a lot of like collagen supplements, for example, for example. And all those things are great, but we use literally stocks and broths made a certain way to heal and seal the gut lining. And then ultimately we, we, on top of that healthy gut lining, endothelial lining, then we start to add a ton of ferments, fermented foods to restore a healthy microbiome. And of course, during that whole time, we think about mind-body connection. How much sunshine is your child getting? How are they sleeping? 
all of these things, it's just about education. So when we work one-on-one, -on -one, that's what we do. That's before I do any functional medicine testing, to be honest. It's so super rare to, you could go out there, like I'm a functional medicine provider. And what that means is I've been trained to, to use a lot of testing, which is incredible because it's non-invasive. Um, they're, they're urine, stool, and hair tests, and you don't need to take a blood test from your child. That's great. But what's the point of doing all these tests before you really restore the, your gut health? Because all these things will change in a month or two. So thinking about resources is always a big deal. And then for families that I work with remotely, like we, I have programs running where families can come together and uh, go through programs like this with me when they, they don't have to be in New York or New Jersey. So it's much more accessible to anybody then they also have the advantage of working um, with other families in, in a community setting. Something that I find to be really lacking when you're trying to, to, to go at it alone. Um, so that's basically, that's the basic plan of how to heal the gut. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely comprehensive, like you said, but it's also so you know, it's hard to implement, I'm sure, sometimes. Um, as you said, it's like a big lifestyle change, but it's also so accessible in the sense that it's like food can be so powerful and you're using food and nutrition throughout this for this initial protocol. And um, I think sometimes we don't realize how like the little things in the day-to-day -day, that it is a long game, as you mentioned. It's not going to be an overnight thing when you're treating something holistically but it gets to the root of why the problems and the symptoms are showing up in the first place, um, which is essentially what you guys do in functional medicine too, like get to the root cause, which, which makes sense. Like it makes sense. Of course you said like the idea of treating the symptom, of course you want that relief, but then long-term, if it doesn't go away, um, sort of like, what's the point? And so I think it's, it's really exciting how creative you get to as far as with kids. I think that's the thing with kids, with it being children that are being treated. It's like, yeah, you have to get creative in the ways that are fun and enjoyable for them. But as Erica said, I think as adults, we can learn from that too, because it's like, okay, you know, healing your gut doesn't have to be this sort of monotonous, boring, unflavorful chore you can, you know, have delicious smoothies and, you know, yummy soups and broths and things that really, um, foods that really nourish and, and do a job, perform a role. Yeah. In that. I, yeah. I'm inspired as you're saying, I'm like, Ooh, smoothie ice pops. Like <laughs> I'm going to get on that <laughs> for my, you know, 32 year old self is about to go make some smoothie popsicles for me and my husband <laughs> this weekend now. Um, yeah, no, it's like, you can learn a lot about how to make it enjoyable and fun as Ali you're saying. Yeah. But you also have to laugh at yourself when things fail because you can't really convince like a two-year-old to eat the broth that you've been slaving over and like, like putting all your energy into, or like this ferment that you spent a whole week babysitting right? yeah, and then it goes and then in like five hours it turns into mold which can happen so yeah. I mean oh my gosh, but that's I'm you know that's such an interesting point too because like I think though for kids and for adults because there are adults who don't um 
you know, as somebody who can't stop talking about gut health, I encourage everyone in my life to incorporate bone broths or, um, fermented foods. And some people are just like, no, right. Like, no, 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 because either they have their very right. Like, I know we talk about picky eaters with kids, but there are a lot of picky eater adults (laughs) as well. Mm -hmm. Um, probably from being picky eater kids who were allowed to be picky eater kids, you become, you know, like there are those adults who just want to eat like chicken tenders and French fries or cheeseburgers and French fries. Right. Um, but again, so how do you, I guess like, this is a question I'd love to ask for the children and for the adults. If you hear about like broths and stocks or, um, even fermented foods, how, like, can we talk about why they're so important? Because I agree. I think for adults specifically education can make them like swallow that crowd, you know, but, um, how do like, what are the benefits and then how do we make it delicious for our picky eaters who need to hear, heal their gut? Oh, what a great question. Okay. Uh, so there's, um, you know, bone broths are all range right now. Bone broths are great. They are not as delicious though, when as, as stocks. So the flavor profile of a bone broth, which is, can you have, first of all, let's talk about the difference. What's a bone broth versus a stock? So both stocks and broths, bone broths and stocks are, uh, can be of any kind of animal protein. So it could be fish, it could be made from like any kind of meat or any kind of poultry. So stocks are cooked for a short period of time. Bone broths are cooked for a very long period of time. The benefits of stocks for children and for picky adults is that they taste a little bit better and they're easier to digest. And so when someone's having a lot of digestive issues, we never really want to start them on bone broths. So that's something that's kind of not... Uh, out there too much. It's harder to digest. There are also a lot more histamines released in bone broths from the cooking process. And so some people who are are very histamine sensitive. And so the the easier way to to start would be to start with stocks, but easier to cook, uh, easier to digest, easier on the palate and less histamines bone broths do have their advantage they're the 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 actual component in the bone broth the bones the marrow that's going to heal your gut a little bit more comprehensively but in a different way so both of them should always be cooked with some meat and some bone so even stocks need to be cooked with all the parts of the animal like you want those joints because they have the collagen you want the bones the long bones the tubular bones because you need to get that stuff out and eat it so it's not what you're putting in there it's basically how long you cook it like the most delicious delicious bone broths are cooked with also the meat of the not just bones but the meats and the veggies and the onion and the garlic prebiotics right and so so that's the that's kind of like the difference so for kids and adults who are picky eaters, if you just tell them to go drink bone broth, they might not love it as much as they like stocks. That's one thing. Second thing is I have two versions of this course. There's like, I'm great in the kitchen version and I, I am terrible in the kitchen version. And I'm personally terrible in the kitchen, but they're good use. So I, I relate to that avenue because some I felt like when I just started this whole process, you had to be great in the kitchen if you wanted to do it right. That's actually not true. 
there are great companies that make great products for you and some sometimes very much locally and so you could get on the same path if you you don't have to be a maven in the kitchen you don't have to do it if you don't want to if it's not bringing you joy you don't have to do it so that's something that i feel like is also like very much missed so for picky emotionally picky parents that are worried about spending too much time in the kitchen or like really really worried about their time and their resources you could actually you just have to know how to find the products that you're looking for and that's just a matter of education and it's available to everybody so the benefits of stocks and bone broths is that it's going to heal and seal the endothelial lining which is the lining of the gut it's one cell layer thick and it needs to have very tight junctions so that nothing that shouldn't be in the bloodstream gets into the bloodstream so that the microbiome could live on it and multiply and be fruitful and happy. This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper-clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand that offers a wide variety of non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products that will make you feel nourished inside and out. Their online boutique also offers products from other top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moonjuice, Kula Sun Care, and more. Some of our favorite products include Milk and Honey's Baking Soda Free Aluminum Free Deodorant in Lavender Tea Tree, which I have been exclusively using for years. I also love Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by our health coaching subscription service on Patreon. The Courageous Wellness Collective has expanded on Patreon to bring our listeners and clients an all-access, accessible platform to educate, inform, and create nutrition and lifestyle habits to meet your personal goals. For $8.99 a month, patrons will receive weekly video content on topics ranging from blood sugar stabilization, gut health, hormone balance, energy, sleep, skin health, how to shop the grocery store, pantry staples, and much more. Included, you'll also receive access to monthly virtual webinars, recipes, and special guest content too. With this subscription, you are guaranteed at least four pieces of fresh health coaching content each month. To learn more and become a patron, visit www.patreon.com slash courageous wellness, or check out our show notes. We look forward to welcoming you to our coaching community. Now let's talk about ferments. So ferments are, is a really big category. Um, we have lacto-fermented foods, which create lactic acid has nothing to do with milk and then we have acetic fermentation which are things like um like kombucha and and uh, beer 
is another kind of fermentation. So what I focus on with kids to start with is usually lack, wild lacto-fermentation because nothing else needs to be added to it. Why are we fermenting? What's the big deal with ferments? It is the most insane way to get probiotics into your system. So I like to compare like what an average probiotic, because a lot of people know about probiotics, um, it's popular now. That's wonderful. So if you take like the best probiotic that you could possibly find on the planet and, and you spend, I don't know, 50, 60 bucks on it, $30, whatever it is, kind of expensive for a 30 day supply, even like a 10 day supply. And you, you look at the unit of measurement of the live bacteria that should technically be in it. It's measured in the billions. It would be some kind of billions of colony forming units. And that's if it's actually all alive when it gets to you. So very often it's, you, you, it might have been alive at some point, but maybe it wasn't stored properly or maybe it's been on the shelf a little too long. And so we're dealing with live bacteria. We don't really know how much of it is alive. So you don't really know what you, if what you're getting is what you're getting, paying for and relying on nonstop for a month for your child to heal. Um, now, Let's look at sauerkraut, my most basic, simple ferment, because all you need to make sauerkraut is cabbage and salt. And that's it, because cabbage has its own lactobacillus species living on it that was not manufactured in a lab, that was not genetically modified to do a certain function. This is natural, real deal. Things lactobacillus that evolved with humans and the plants. This is what we want in our bodies. And if you take a tablespoon of sauerkraut juice, which is actually quite easy to hide in food, you don't have to actually have picky eaters, right? You don't have to actually eat the sauerkraut, chew on it to get all the benefits of the liquid brine that has all the probiotics swimming in it. You could put it on top of a baked potato. You could put it on top of uh, in a soup that's not too hot. You could put it on any food that requires salt because it was like a seasoning. One tablespoon of sauerkraut will have about 1.5 trillion, we're in the trillions probiotics, live. And you know it's alive, you know it's alive because it's not moldy and rotten. So you're 100% guaranteed that it's going to work and do its job. Can you put ferments on warm food? As you just like, could you like take that brine or take that kraut and put it on like a hot baked potato or in a soup? So if it's, I, I usually wait until it's not too hot to burn the mouth. And that because the internal environment of our bodies is quite warm. And so the food that we're eating is, is usually less hot than that. So yes, technically, yes. So nothing, of course, don't put it into anything boiling because it'll kill it. Yeah. But um kind of put it on right before you serve. Yes. That's such a great idea. I actually make my own um, fermented foods and I have a, I have a sauerkraut going right now. <laughs> it's not ready yet, but it's actually so easy too. And I didn't realize that until I got into this world of nutrition and really um, started experimenting and making my own. But um, what I never realized, and maybe it's because I don't have little kids, um, but it's such a good idea is the is the idea of to just even take the juice from it, the brine from it, because it naturally creates so much too. Um, or you, and it's in the brine anyway when it's fermenting. So it makes it such that's such a good idea, and I never 
I never even thought about it because I'm happy to have like a lump of my own sauerkraut yeah. on my food. Love sauerkraut, but yeah. um, there are other ferments. So you could technically ferment any fruit or vegetable. Yeah. One that kids love is beet kvass. It's it's spelled K V A S S, which is a fermented fermented beets, but mm-hmm. they're super sweet. They have a lot of sugar and they're yeah. bright pink. And so you take the juice of that um, fermented beet kvass and you put it in a smoothie. It's brilliant. No way any child will be able to tell to the tell. difference. Yeah, these are like. These are yeah. like the, these are like gut health hacks. You know, we always talk about gut health on the show, but never like I've never had to think about like the creative hacks that you have to deal with with kids when you're trying to heal the gut environment. It's such it's so smart. It's such I'm telling you as adults, like my my husband um, <laughs> is not really into like <laughs> the bone broths or like, you know, but you'll, I'll be like, just take a spoonful for your immune system, do it. And you know, he will, but I was like, Ooh, I'm going <laughs> to get really creative here. Like I've learned so much from you again, like as an adult, and I'm sure the parents gain so much too, for, for their own health and their own gut healing as well. Yeah. Like maybe your husband would like pickle, uh, fer- not pickled fermented carrot sticks. Yeah. Because you, you know, kids love I love them as a parent because uh, they're basically sticks that are fermented of carrots. So you could take them, they're finger foods. You don't have to walk around with a sachet of sauerkraut in a baggie yeah. <laughs> if you're on the go at the playground. But if you have fermented carrot sticks, they're hard and you could just carry them with you as like carrot sticks. Yeah. So That's they're so smart. easy for travel. Kids love them. Do you have any favorite brands at the store of anything that's good for the gut that you would recommend to our listeners? Like if they're just starting their journey or they want to give this to themselves or their kids, um, do you have any favorite products that you'd like to share with our audience? Okay. So this is completely unsponsored. Um, yes, of course. <laughs> uh, so my, there's this one brand of, uh, bone broths that is local to me in New York, but they ship worldwide frozen now. And the way that they make their bone broths is without a pressure cooker, which is, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, a very big deal. They slow cook it. I'm, I know that most people at this point, like hate me when I say pressure cookers are denature proteins and enzymes, and they're very convenient. And it's good to have convenience. And if you have to choose between not having home cooked meals and using a pressure cooker, by all means, use your pressure cooker. But if I'm going to be buying something outside my, my own kitchen, I want it to be done the the most impeccable way. And that that is why I love they use only organic, it's Brodo. NYC, by the way. So B-R-O-D-O-N-Y-C. And the, so they don't use pressure cookers, which is rare. They use the finest ingredients and so delicious. I can't even, I've never had anything more delicious, honestly. They really nailed it. And they have different kinds of flavors of different kinds of meats. And I'm, I really also believe that it's very important to rotate the kinds of stocks and broths that you're having. So not just chicken, 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 but rotate it because different animals bring you different uh, healing properties. Mm. So that that's my favorite. That's my go-to. And then for ferments, um, you know, I always think that we should support our local 
vendors there's if you go to like a farmer's market somebody's going to be fermenting something just make sure you ask them like are you putting any vinegar in there make sure you know the difference between pickled and fermented um a lot of times people don't really know so if there is any kind of pasteurization that happens if there's vinegar in it it might be delicious but that's not fermented food yeah it's pickled and um and to order i i order I order from this one little farm where I get most of my raw, like raw, raw dairy products. It's called Clearview Valley Farm and they make the most incredible sauerkraut juice and, and beet cross and they mail it to me. And you know, these, yes, it might seem like, okay, this is really expensive for shipping, but we're ordering supplements and we have them shipped all the time, right? So it's basically the same thing as supplement shipping, if you look at it and and our kids only need like a tablespoon a day. Yeah. So a little jar can last forever. So it's it's Clearview Valley Farm. And something that's available locally to in stores usually is Cleveland Kraut. And Erica, for the husbands and parents and, and family members and friends that are super picky, Cleveland Kraut makes a whiskey dill um, sauerkraut, which is just, it's just so good. It's so it's different. So good. And I've had that one. I, yeah, I, I was like, I think dough. we've had that. And I think my husband eats it because it tastes more like pickles, right? Like the dill. Um, yeah, no, th- th- those are great recommendations. Thank you. I just always love learning from people about what they buy, what they use. Um, I find it so fascinating. And I think, <laughs> I think you make a good point too. Like, yes, there are some, you know, good brands that if you, if all you have access to is the frozen aisle at Walmart, there's um like bona fide provisions I know has frozen broth there now. But mm-hmm. um but what you make a good point is that if you can support locally, there's value in that too. Um and I I've actually had Brodo, doesn't Brodo have a window in New York City? Yeah, they do. Yeah, because we don't have Brodo out here, but I've had it, I've I've gone for like a cup myself when I would last time I was there. Um, so delicious. And so yeah, it's wonderful to get to know. And like if anybody has any questions, they can always reach out. But um Erica and I love to like do research and find local brands in different areas too, no matter where you are, and to support your local um farmers as well is really wonderful. Um I was going to ask you, so after you work and do these sort of longer term protocols with your patients and, and their parents, um, what typically do you see as far as the results from us? Is it diminishing? Do asthma or allergies? Is it, um, you know, does the eczema clear up? How do you kind of gauge Because it is a, you were talking about flares before. Are you able to gauge also the triggers, but then over time kind of measure how, how the symptoms improve? It's a tough, tough, it's, it's a little bit tough because every child and their symptoms are as very, it's just, the results vary, are as varied as the child. And so it's usually like two steps forward, one step back. It's a little, you know, it could, sometimes it takes years. And the most common question again is like, when can we get off? Now my child is feeling better. Great. After two months, everything is great. When can we go back to the, to eating the way we were? And I'm like, 
why would you want to? It's working. <laughs> you know, some things do come back. I always bring back. The, the goal is never to be restrictive. The goal is for our children to be able to eat anything they wish and live a life free of disease. That's the goal. Yes. The goal is not to avoid the triggers forever. The goal is to be able to go have anything at a birthday party, you know, in moderation, of course, but not to be triggered anymore. And the second goal is to not need me anymore. After like <laughs> six months, I really don't want to, <laughs> that's the goal. The goal is not to worry about it anymore and to have all the tools that you need not to think about illness anymore. But to get to that point, it's varied. I find that when you start a child earlier in, in this process, like when they're younger, and they haven't been sick for a long time, they haven't had diagnosis for a long time, their life is not as long, then it's a little bit easier. Um, older kids, it's harder for multiple reasons. Teenagers yeah. can go and get whatever they want by themselves, basically. Yeah. So it really depends um, on the age. Like, uh, I find that eczema is a little bit easier to reverse. Some of that is the child growing it on their own, but really children are now out, not outgrowing these previously um, outgrowable conditions. It's, it's mm. a myth right now. There are more people who are adults that have eczema, asthma, and allergies than kids right now. So who's outgrowing it? So a little bit, it may be, but you need to give the body the building blocks to outgrow it. Um, it's, a, it's a lot harder with anaphylactic food allergies. And I always say like, yes, of course, continue to, to follow the instruction that you're allergist recommended if you're supposed to avoid some things then you need to avoid some things but my most like proud happy moments is when after working with somebody for a year a child goes to their one year follow-up they do their skin prick tests and they don't have to carry an epipen anymore for certain mm -hmm. things or they're passing they're able to reintroduce foods so there's also a very long reintroduction period but to be honest i have no like if i could find a program that does this in an easier, faster way, I will bring it forward. Just yeah, work that way. Well, it, it reminds me of what you said right earlier on, which is like the quote, like unfortunate part is when people are coming to you or when they're seeking a functional medicine route, it's because right. Like they've gotten to a certain point, especially with their children and as adults, right? Like they've gone to every doctor and no one can solve them. So they're like, now I'm going to try food, but they're already very sick, but something I think that's empowering. Maybe if our listeners have kids who aren't, you know, sick with chronic illness or adults who aren't sick with chronic illness. Um, I found it very empowering. I think that's why I like gut health so much is because if you just have like normal digestive issues, right. Of like being an human living in the United States or, you know, with our food and our antibiotic overuse and all of that. But, um, like for myself included, who just had like mild to moderate, digestive issues, like you can heal your gut. Right. And then live, like you're saying a quote, normal life without going back to those extreme issues that people deal with. And so I find that to be very empowering for anyone listening who does just have like maybe mild or moderate stuff, or their kids don't have chronic illness at this point. It's like, if you start, um, if you're able to heal your gut, you can then go enjoy like a slice of cake at a birthday party or whatever it is. That's your food sometimes. But if you're most of the time is gut healing, it's not gonna, it's not gonna like set you back. But, um, I guess that's only two, like you're saying, if you don't have a back to go to, right. If it wasn't because you were 
chronically ill. And I think that is so interesting what you just shared too, about how kids who become adults and teenagers aren't outgrowing these chronic illnesses that, you know, used to be outgrown. I just think that's really interesting how the tides are really turning as our environment and our food continue, which is such a different conversation, but just continues to get so much worse. Right. So, um, yeah, no, thank you for sharing all of that. I feel like I've just learned so much from you today. Like, I love that Ali gut health hacks for adults and children. I know. I like that's what this is. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And so, um, as we start to wrap up, I feel like we could talk for another hour, <laughs> but, um, you know, we ask all of our guests three questions and I'm actually really interested to hear yours, uh, your answers. So the first one is as a busy, as a busy physician with your, with two locations for your practice, and you're also a mom, um, how do you take care of yourself? What does your daily self-care look like? Oh man. Okay. Um, I'm not the greatest, but I do recognize that it's very important. So I think I, I've, for me, um, I have something called the full focus planner that I, it's like a journal slash planner where I could organize my, it's literally like de-stresses me when I start writing in it with my color pens. So, <laughs> so having an outlet where I can write down the plan for the day and then reflect upon the day that happens so I can improve tomorrow helps me tremendously. And I, I, I call that to be self-care. I start every single morning off with warm water and apple cider vinegar mm. because it, it is good for me. It prevents my heartburn and it's, and I feel like it's one of those things where um, like sometimes they say making your bed is so important in the morning because if you got nothing else done, then you got your bed made. At least you could say that you did something. And so I, I put that in the same category. Like if, if the whole entire day is unhealthy from forward now till forward, and I don't achieve all the things I want to do, at least I drank my apple cider vinegar with water. <laughs> and so that and I have a, a uh, every single week I practice yoga with my yoga teacher, which is the, my my most just I would not be who I am at all the any ever if it wasn't for that practice. So for that for someone else that could be some other practice, but it's a way for me to connect with myself, my breath, mm, with spirit, with some a higher being with just healing it's so healing for me and it's a time to be quiet it's my time and I it's it's like no one messes with that time and I meditate for 10 minutes at least every day just like 10 minutes <laughs> that's my self self-care I love it thank you for sharing that um our second question we always ask our guests is what does being courageous mean to you oh wow um being courageous, such a great question, um, means to me that small or large things, but uh, that you do despite knowing that you can definitely fail. So making those steps that are not necessarily easy in any realm, it's, um, you know, but you do them anyway, because it's for the benefit of yourself and humankind and for the beings around you. That's a great answer. Thank you. And then the final one is, um, do you have a book recommendation 
that it could be anything and on anything, but um, just something that's meant something to you or is a value to our listeners? I do. Um, So there's a book that I uh, actually make, it's part of my curriculum. I make the medical students that rotate with me and the resident physicians that are physicians in training, I make them read, (laughs) read a book called The Dirt Cure, which is um, written by a fellow uh, holistic pediatrician. Her name is Dr. Maya Sheetreet. And for me, this book was the, my entry level into like the microbiome and how, the importance of dirt. And it was such a huge wake up call. It's beautifully written. It's written for regular parents. It's not a medical textbook. And, and it's, it's, I found it to be such a life saver and such a transformative book for me that I recommend it to someone that's starting off in this world. Like if you don't know where to start, um, this is one way to start. So it's the book is called The Dirt Cure. Great. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank There's also you. a podcast that I recommend, which is not medical. There's oh, a yeah. good podcast? Sure. We'll take it. Um, Radio Lab. Mm. We'll check it out. That is, is that an NPR? Is Radio Lab an NPR podcast? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, and I'm going to check out The Dirt Cure. I'm like excited to read it and learn. I've learned so much from you today. So thank you for sharing. And if anyone wants to find you, work with you, see you on the internet, where can they do all of those things? Oh, yes. So you can follow me on social and my, um, my social tag is doc, dr, like doctor underscore gluesman. And I have a website where you could get all the info and it's blossompediatrics.com. Great. Thank you so much. And thank you again for joining us today and sharing all your knowledge with us. Thank you. It was so much fun to connect. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.